Hello, welcome to Property Nomads. Plenty of news to go through with you today. And it is the return of Mark Champ of War Financial. Uh, apologies, it's been a long time, Mark, since you've been on the show, but how are you, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. It's uh, There's been a lot going on, so hopefully we've got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, 100%. We were just chatting off air briefly about uh, how we were with our, or how we're getting on with our targets for this year. And uh, I think we've Step between us, we're pretty much um, on track, uh, whether that's a good thing or bad thing, given what we predicted. Uh, I don't know, but we'll find out. Uh, Mark, plenty going on. Uh, I don't really know where to start. Um, I mean, the time this goes out, we're a few days away from the next Bank of England meeting. Chances are they're going to hike again, either to 4.75 or 5%. Um, I guess I'll start with my usual question. How... How have you found the market, being a broker, what's going on? Uh, inform us, uh, please enlighten us. So we're predominantly property finance brokers. Um, probably 75% of what we do is property finance. Uh, but there's 25%, which is trading business, which gives a different perspective on the market slightly. So with the property stuff, we are quieter than we have been, um, and there's less inquiries coming through and the inquiries that are coming through are more do you think we'll be able to get enough funding to be able to do this if we put in a sneaky offer of you know below market value and usually it turns out that the day one value that the lenders can offer is not enough for the people the developers to make a profit so yeah the inquiry levels have gone down and the quality of inquiry has gone down as well. So there's less and less we're seeing. And the the reason for that, in, in my opinion, is rates have gone up, obviously. So it erodes the profit and makes it harder to work. Also, when they're exiting onto a longer term deal, it's harder to do so because of higher rates. But also, the the actual um, availability of stock out there isn't where it should be in this type of market. The, the values haven't dropped enough for people to be able to pick up these bargains. And that's the, the disparity we've got. So when the property prices or land prices do start to dip, it's going to make it more uh, a development more achievable. So hopefully that will correct itself slightly. But then as we were talking off air, my prediction was for house prices to stay stable this year. Um, so I'm going to have to be wrong in my, I suppose, long-term view <laughs> to be able to um, uh, hopefully get the, the business flowing again at the levels uh, it was. So yeah, um, that's the property side. But and then on the other side, on our trading business side, we're seeing lots of inquiries. And that is because of the, the need for cash flow. Where businesses are being squeezed, they need more cash flow. And that's the area we're helping with, import, export, and also the, um, the invoice discounting factor inside as well. It might be slightly off topic. You go a little bit more into that just in case there's probably people listening that are thinking, I might need a bit more cash flow. Uh, Mark yeah. might be able to help go into that a bit more if you can. Okay. So you've got the trade cycle for any business where 
they, for, for instance, it's easier to talk about a manufacturing business where they would buy products from, I don't know, China, a big warehouse in China, factory in China. Then in the end, they would end up selling that to a retailer in the UK. So there are gaps in that trading cycle where money is needed because invariably a Chinese factory would want money up front for or a certain percentage of money up front for creating the product product. And then it takes time for that to be delivered. You, you know, we've just talked about a um, a company that takes 120 days from order to the actual product arriving in the UK. So it's a long time and the customer has to fund that. Then you've got the other side where you, you know, you're dealing with the likes of Tesco, BQ, whoever, and they will want the goods delivered to them, but they won't pay you for another, say, 60 days from delivery. So you've got a, a time frame of 120 days plus 60 days where you're actually not getting any money in, but you're shelling out all that, you know, stock and labor and everything like that, delivery, um, warehouses, wherever it may be. So that gap needs to be funded. And that's where we come in to look at that gap and we we find a, a lender who can plug that gap with a finance facility uh, and make the cash flow easier. And then what they can do is if the cash flow is easier, they can buy more stock and therefore they can sell more. It just helps the business expand. Fair enough. Well, we've always sent people to you for property stuff. Uh, we'll just start sending people to you for any other bit well. It's always useful to chat to brokers no matter what's going on. So I, I urge people to listen to this, even if it's not property and it's trading, as Mark said, please do contact Mark. Uh, his details will be in the show notes. Going back to property then, uh, interest rates are causing a lot of people a lot of concern at the moment, whether it's developers, landlords, first-time buyers. Um, from uh, like developer, well, developers and landlords that you speak to, are a lot of them put off by um the interest rates at the moment or is it just a case of do they think oh it's just bad timing or it is what it is i'm just going to crack on and deal with it what's been your feedback from chatting to your clients they're put they are put off by the interest rates and they can't achieve the same amounts of lending so usually a lender will use a stress test to be able to work out how much they can lend to a particular customer and because the stress tests have become more harsh, they are not able to get the LTV that they want to get. So as rates have risen, it's harder to achieve the top LTVs. And therefore, they've got to put more money into the deal. So they either have to wait or they have to get more investor finance or whatever it may be. And it, it slows things down, makes it more harder, makes it more risky. And yeah, people just don't want to do it. Um, so you've you've got that problem. You've got material costs that went up, um, and you've got values, like I was saying earlier, of the land that haven't gone up. So therefore, you know your total cost base has gone up more than ever. Um, and then lenders are still wanting the same uh, profit on cost um, percentages, and it makes it it makes it very difficult to achieve the goal that you you want to achieve. And it makes it difficult for a lender to say, do you know what, that is a good project, we will back it, because the percentages aren't there. And I guess this is something 
when I think out loud, this is something that's going to be sort of a theme, I imagine, moving forward, because we've already started to see slight corrections um, in the market itself. Um, and we are, well, as we said at the start, there'll probably more than likely be another base rate increase this week. Mm -hmm. I imagine there'll probably be another one at some point, and they'll keep going until they break something. And the thing with increasing the rates is it doesn't, the knock-on effect's normally not felt for 12 to 18 mm -hmm. months down the line. My question has taken over your host job now. What what is the reason? What is the reason for them increasing rates? In your so, opinion, it, I mean it, that's a very good question. Uh, that could I'll try not to waffle on for about six hours uh, with an answer. So I think it's people trying to follow modern monetary theory and going, you know, if we increase interest rates enough, we will be able to tame inflation and I use that term loosely because the damage has been done severely in the last three or four years through a number of circumstances but history shows time and time again that if you keep raising even ever so slowly there's not there's never an immediate effect so Bank of England can go out and raise rates to eight percent this week and there won't be a massive you know, the effects of that won't really be felt through the markets for the next 12 to 18 months. These things take time to go through. So in order to tame inflation is my answer to your question. Um, but I think that's just what they're saying uh, because that's the only tool they've got in their toolbox at the moment. It is, and I totally agree with you. I, I think um, what the, the issue is, is not inflation is not being caused by the economy uh, or the lack of money or the uh, too much money in the system at the moment, whichever way you want to you look at it, what is causing it is supply chain. Um, where we had COVID, where we have the war in Ukraine, all those sorts of things are causing massive supply chain issues. And that is the reason for inflation. And it's nothing to do with you know, there's too much money in the system or anything like that, because as we've just spoken about, it's harder to get things done. So it's the actual rate rises are making things more difficult, but you've still got the same problems with inflation, and it's because of the uh, supply chain. And that's not going to change. No, no, no. And to be fair, the episode... Um... Was it before or after this? Maybe Thursday's episode uh, as well. That I go into that even more so, uh, saying about that because once you've done the damage on the supply side, it's not something that can be fixed very quickly. It's something that could be fixed very easily, but because of you know votes and energy policy. I mean, to be honest, it doesn't matter anyway. We're going to have a Labour government and a massive ass majority in 2024. Personal opinion. Uh, do I want to see that? No, not particularly. But, you know, I think that's going to happen. So it's very easy to fix the supply in some instances. Whether they'll do it, because it's not voter friendly, is a different story. But when it comes down to either, uh, you know, importing goods, like you say, for material, you know, if you're doing a big project, you need loads of timber and steel or whatever it might be, because of tariffs and shipping costs and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that 
to fix that, that can take a long time. So the cycle, we're in this vicious cycle. We said this, you and I said this 12 to 18 months ago, that we could see that we we're going to be in a vicious cycle. Uh, and it's going to take, I'll say it before I say it again, it's going to take one nasty ass recession, and it, well, it should do, to reset. And then we'll just go again. We'll have a nice old bull market. And then we'll get, you know, same cycle happens again. But I no, totally agree with you on that. And, and not enough people um, look at the supply side of things. So I'm glad you've brought that up. Yeah. And, the, you know, the, the Keynes theory, and I've spoken about this on your podcast before, the Keynes theory says you have peaks and troughs and there's a 12 to 16 year window where it all goes well and then it resets. And, you know, the last time it all kicked off properly was 2008. So where are we, 2023, 16 years, 2024? You know, we're, we're due it. It's, uh, it. It needs to happen. It's, it's happened all the way through history. It just, people forget. And the, uh, going off on a slight tangent, one of the issues is social media. And social media now creates more crises, crises, that's the word, yeah. more crises than, um, than there was previously because people didn't know as much news. And, you know, things like we see in the news today have a massive ripple effect. And that wouldn't have happened before. You know, you didn't, you didn't see that. And this creates a slightly different way of looking at economics because it can erode confidence quicker and the general public can see what's going on. And because confidence get eroded, gets eroded quicker, I think we're going to see more smaller blips along the way. So it's not going to be maybe as big a peak and trough as we saw before, but there's going to be a lot more, you know, jolty movements if you were looking at it on a graph. So um, I think how society is changing has an effect on it as well. So... Yeah, it's an interesting point. So it reminds me of these um, uh, bank runs a little while ago, Silicon Valley Bank, you know, all, all US stuff. And I say all US stuff because the same thing can easily happen here because of the exact thing you've just said, that all it takes is, you know, a viral video on TikTok, Twitter, insert social media platform here. And that creates panic. But also with not just social media, um, I don't know who brought this up, but they made a good point that, but you see all these things from like, uh, you know, we remember the things from Northern Rock 2007, 2008, you know, people queuing up and down the high street to withdraw their cash. Of course, got online banking. So click of a, you know, click of a, an app or two or playing around with an app, you can transfer that cash to somewhere more secure um, a lot quicker as well. So banking apps are going to exacerbate the situation. Uh, but yeah, that's an interesting point about social media. A few people have said that. Um, but I think what, what, we'll where, where we're slightly different, though, where we are at the moment, if you look at Silicon Valley that you mentioned and Signature mm -hmm. and um, it was a Swiss Credit Suisse as well, the reason they went under was not because uh, there was a problem in the banking community. It was because they were poorly managed and they were individual cases. The... The implementation of Basel III, which happened between 2010 and 2020, um, that 
made sure banks were more well capitalized so that they had their risk weighted assets percentages in line with where they should be and what i mean what i mean by that is they have to hold back a certain amount of money to be able to lend money and they had to hold more back as part of basel three than previous um um forms of the the uh, the guidelines so the banks are, are more well capitalized now so they're, they're more stable it's harder for them to rock and the other good thing is in well it's a good thing and a bad thing the banks are more profitable now so if you look at all the banks even though everybody's been saying how you know lloyds aren't lending or you know they're not doing anything they are still very profitable rbs are still very profitable and they're in such a better shape than they were. And it also, if you, if you look at things, the challenger banks, they have to hold back more capital than the high street banks because of the nature of their, their business. But the, the people who put these regulations in place have done so to make sure that in environments like this, the system is more stable. So I think we're not gonna get a rerun of 2008 it's going to be um, a more stable environment we're in and the economy will sort itself out, but it will cause a potential recession going forward. And obviously, when there is a recession, there's opportunities for people. And that's when people can make a lot of money. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I would I'd say I've, I'm a bit more doom and gloom than that. Um, I, I would say that I don't know, let's just see what happens. But what I will say on that, uh, just to counter myself, because I, I like being hypocritical at some point, is yes, there's a very good point about opportunity. We, we've we always said the same thing, that as, as doom and gloom as we can be, or as realistic as we can be, both you and I as individuals, when we do these podcasts, that at the end of the day, there's going to be opportunity. And this is a time where if you are, sometimes it's good to do nothing. It really is. It's best to sit on your hands but this is also a time where it's good to be out networking it's good to be talking to people it's good to be speaking to you know your broker like yourself it's good to be talking to you know high net worth individuals because when things do go pretty peak tom then as you quite rightly said that's when oh i can buy all of this land or i can buy all these buildings or i can convert this i, I think we're going to see that in commercial property moving forward uh as if it's you know, to be honest. Um, but yeah, there's, let's, there's hope the, let's hope that the planning authorities keep up and they make life easier for people. Uh, that's probably a different podcast in itself, Mark. That's, uh, again, good point well made. Um, yeah, I'd love things to work in, in better unison sometimes. But no, there's always opportunity. And um, yeah, I think of all things, we could go into various rabbit holes. It's probably best not to. I think let's keep it there. Uh, I think when we come back next time, Bank of England would have increased its base rate to either 4.75 or 5 if they decide to stick. I'll be very surprised. And uh, I guess we'll go from there. Good. Fantastic stuff. As usual, um, links to contact yourself to get in touch with the team at War Financial. Those links are in the show notes or if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, just in that. Uh, box below Uh, and Mark thank you very much for your time and um, we'll catch up again soon thanks a lot thanks for listening to Property Nomads to help the podcast even more please do head over to patreon.com forward slash property nomads that's patreon.com 
forward slash property nomads. Mm -hmm.